1: Hello, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with the news. First, the headlines. Trade unions in Romanian public education organize a protest rally against the government's salary and social policies. The Prime Minister of South Korea, Han Duck-soo, is meeting President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă in Bucharest. The Romanian Chief of Defence General, Daniel Petrescu, takes part in a meeting of NATO and EU military committees in Brussels and Romanians celebrate today 146 years since King Carol I proclaimed the country's independence in 1877. Trade unions in Romanian public education organize a protest rally in Bucharest today as a way to sound the alarm on the problems facing the Romanian education sector. The unions demand pay raises in the sector as well as an annual increase in investments in order to improve the relevant infrastructure and equipment. Unionists also warn that a poll is underway among education staff with respect to an all-out strike starting on May twenty-second. Meanwhile new draft education laws are being discussed in the Chamber of Deputies for a first vote after the Specialist Committee introduced a number of amendments to the original bills, including a national plan to curb violence in schools. The Prime Minister of the Republic of Korea, Han duck soo is on a visit to Bucharest today and is scheduled to have meetings with President Klaus Johannes and with Prime Minister Nikolai Chuka. The two Prime Ministers are to sign a Memorandum of Understanding between the Romanian Maritime Port Authority and the Busan Port Authority. The Korean official is also scheduled to have a meeting with the Chamber of Deputies Speaker Martel Tolaku. The Romanian Chief of Defence, General Daniel Petrescu, is taking part today and tomorrow in the meetings of the NATO Military Committee and the EU Military Committee, respectively. Defence chiefs from the 31 allied states, with the Swedish chief of defence as a guest, will look at the dynamics of the war in Ukraine. Talks will focus on analysing the implementation of measures aimed at strengthening NATO's defence and deterrence posture ahead of the decisions to be made at the NATO summit in Vilnius. The participants will also look at ways to continue supporting Ukraine. Another major topic of the meeting is the analysis of member and partner states' participation in EU missions and operations. Romania celebrates its National Independence Day today. On May 10, 1877, Prince Carol I, who would subsequently become the first king of Romania, signed the country's proclamation of independence from the Ottoman Empire. The document had been read in Parliament the day before by the Foreign Minister Mihail Kogelnitschano and endorsed by Parliament's two chambers. The occasion is marked in Bucharest with a ceremony at the Heroes Monument in front of the National Defence University, while military and religious ceremonies are also held in cities across the country. In a message on Europe Day celebrated on May the 9th, President Klaus Johannes said, "...Romania is a mature and responsible member state, with a solid and credible European profile, recognized and appreciated by our partners." In turn, Prime Minister Nicolae Tuka said Romania is part of the solution to the security challenges that the European Union is facing and that now is the time for Romania to be acknowledged as a full Schengen member. We have more details after the news. The European Commission for Transport, Adina Volan, is in Romania today and tomorrow to hand over to Romanian beneficiaries two grants for military mobility in the port of Constanza in the presence of the Romanian Transport Minister, Sorin Grindano, the European Commission announced. The two projects concern the design and building of the Ungen Bridge and upgrading the railway infrastructure in the port of Constanta, a critical element of the EU-Ukraine solidarity lanes. <music> To wrap up the news bulletin, here is a look back at our top stories today. Trade unions in Romanian public education organize a protest rally against the government's salary and social policies. The Prime Minister of South Korea, Han Duck-soo, is meeting President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuk in Bucharest. The Romanian Chief of Defense, General Daniel Petrescu, takes part in the meetings of NATO and EU military committees in Brussels, and Romanians celebrate today 146 years since King Carol I proclaimed the country's independence.
2: On May the 9th, Europeans celebrated Europe Day. This is Daniel Bills, the microphone, with a report by Roxana Vasile. The anniversary this year finds us at a moment of deep change at global level and the consequences of the Russian Federation's war on Ukraine have multiplied, Romanian President Klaus Johannes said in his address on Europe Day, May the 9th. According to him, the European solutions to the present-day challenges are solutions for the future of the citizens of this continent, and Romania has the capability of significantly contributing to their implementation. Romania is a mature and responsible member of the European Union, has a solid and credible European profile, acknowledged and appreciated by its partners, Klaus Johannes went on to say. The President has also voiced hope that by interiorizing these reference points, the Romanian citizens will continue to have an unflinching support for the EU's fundamental values. The European Parliament convened in a plenary sitting and celebrated Europe Day in Strasbourg. Invited to present his vision on the challenges and the future of the Old Continent, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, whose country laid the foundations in the early 50s, to what was to become the EU, he urged the bloc to reform itself, not to cave into pressure and remain geopolitically an equal partner both in the relation with the USA and the competition with China. And since an aggression war is being waged in the EU's vicinity, a war that has changed lives The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen celebrated Europe Day through a visit to Kyiv, where she said, quote, Ukraine has been fighting for the ideals that we celebrate today to create lasting unity and peace. Von der Leyen added that Russia has dramatically failed and Ukraine is fighting back successfully. Furthermore, the EU official announced that the bloc would impose an 11th package of sanctions on Russia soon, aimed at eroding Putin's war machine and his revenues. She responded cautiously, though, to President Zelensky's request on stepping up the country's EU accession negotiations. The Ukrainian president has thanked all the European states for the military, economic and political support granted to Ukraine, but showed disappointment regarding the restrictions imposed by some neighboring countries to the exports of Ukrainian grain. Romania was not among them. Zelensky says that he understands those exports have caused imbalances But Ukraine needs the solidarity of all those who can help it.
3: The Republic of Moldova makes further step towards connecting with Europe in the area of infrastructure and energy. I'm Cristina Mateescu with this report by Stefan Stoica. EU Commissioner for Transport, Adina Volan, and Moldova's Minister for Infrastructure and Regional Development, Lilia Dabija, signed in Chisinau an agreement associating Moldova with the Connecting Europe Facility Programme. Moldovan project promoters will from now on be able to apply for EU funding for projects of common interest in the transport, energy and digital domains, aimed at improving this country's connectivity with its EU neighbours. We got some good news on Europe Day. An agreement was signed enabling our country to join the Connecting Europe Mechanism. Moldova and the European Union are making concrete steps for us to become part of the European family as soon as possible," said Moldova's President Maja Sandu. The agreement will support the integration of the Republic of Moldova into the EU single market and stimulate economic growth, job creation and competitiveness. This country has been strongly affected by Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine and the European Union continues to stand in solidarity with Moldova and is committed to further consolidating its resilience. Tuesday's agreement brings Moldova even closer to the European Union by anchoring it in its interconnected trans-European networks. Other agreements signed in Chișinău in the presence of EU Commissioner Adina Volan and Moldovan Prime Minister Dorin Rechan concerned the modernization of three bridges over the river Prut. Repair works on the three cross-border bridges will be funded by the Romanian government by the end of 2027 and forms part of the European Moldova 2030 National Development Strategy. The modernization of the bridges will ease movement between the two states, facilitate internal and international trade, and enhance the connectivity between Moldova and the European Union. On Europe Day, the European Parliament voted to provide additional assistance for the Republic of Moldova worth €145 million, to help cover part of its funding needs for this year. Rising inflation and energy prices were among some of the most severe effects of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict on Moldova, and the energy crisis and the drop in household earnings and investments have further increased the pressure on public finance. Romanian MEP Siegfried Muresan said non-reimbursable funds account for €45 million, while the rest of €100 million is in the form of an advantageous loan. The money goes to Moldova's budget to be used as the authorities see as the best way to support the people and the businesses affected by the crisis. And that was Radio Newsreel.
4: Next in this program, sports. Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Palcu. Over May the 4th and the 16th, Bucharest plays host to the Superbet Chess Classic Romania 2023, one of the most prestigious chess tournaments organized at world level. Ten of the world's top players have arrived in the Romanian capital, including the new world champion China's Ding Liren, Two of them represent Romania, Richard Rapport, world number 13, a chess player born in 1996 in Hungary, who last year chose to represent Romania, and Bogdan Deak, world number 38, a 21-year-old promising player. The Superbet Chess Classic is the first stage in the Grand Chess Tour, a competition created in 2015, which has been held every year, with the exception of 2020, the year of the pandemic. The circuit is made up of several classic rapid and blitz chess tournaments. The legendary player Garry Kasparov inspired the setup of the Grand Chess Tour, contributing to the development and consolidation of this tour, which starting 2019 has included the tournament in Romania. Attending the opening ceremony, Garry Kasparov referred to the evolution of this tournament.
5: I expect every year to be better than the previous one. So I also expect the players there will Play at the level that this great organization deserves. Coming to Bucharest always makes me feel great because I understand this is the place where the game of chess is treated with such a huge respect and an honor. It's great that we have all the best players in this Grand Chess Tour. So we have Ding uh, Red, we have Jan Nepomniachtchi to just we just finished their World Championship match. We will also have at uh, um, one of our uh, two events. Uh, Magnus Carlson, so we have even Anand playing in one of the tournaments. So we have a collection of the world champions, not you know and i do not trying to undermine the greatness of other, other players. So Chester today is the fully established professional network that attracts the best players in the world. And again, it's very important that the such a high quality of chess receives such a high quality of the organization.
4: Taking part in the tournament in Bucharest will be Ding Liren of China, Iam Nepomnitchi of who will compete under the flag of the International Chess Federation after Russia was suspended from chess competitions, as well as Ali Reza Firuja, world number 4, an Iranian-born French player. Total prizes in the competition stand at $350,000. You have been listening to RRI Sports Club.
6: You are listening to Radio Romania International
1: Society Today. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. For over 20 years now, since labor migration started to spread among Romanians, one of its most dramatic consequences has become apparent with the children left behind in their home country, in the care of their grandparents or other relatives. While many of the parents take their kids with them when leaving the country for various jobs in the European Union, there are also lots of cases of families torn apart when one of their members takes a job abroad. Save the Children organization has long warned about this situation, and a recent survey provides updated information on the scope of this phenomenon. Based on data collected in July through September 2022, A survey indicates that nearly one-quarter of the children up to 17 years of age have had a parent working abroad. Of these, in 61.5% of the cases only the father had been or was still away for work, and in 20.4% of the cases only the mother, but 18% of these kids were left at home in Romania while both their parents were working abroad. At present, over 500,000 children are in this situation, most of them at very young ages. On average, mothers leave after the children turn six, while fathers usually leave for work when the kids are much younger. As for deciding to leave, the survey indicates that children are consulted, even though they are still very young. Anka Stamin of Save the Children organization has more details.
7: 83%
1: of the adults we interviewed said the kid had been involved in the decision. The children themselves, however, say they were involved in a much smaller proportion, 63%, and we tend to believe the children. Moreover, almost one-third of the kids that have been asked that is, 31% say that, when asked, they did not agree with their parents leaving. I would also like to emphasise that, unfortunately, the survey revealed what I was saying earlier, namely that most kids in this situation are not covered in the records of social assistance services. Basically, only 39% of the children's families say the social assistance service is aware of the kids' status. Meanwhile, schools have been informed in 57% of the cases. So what we do know is that neither schools nor social services have complete information in this respect, and that parents or families are rather reluctant to declare that the parents are away for work. The fact that parents fail to notify the authorities with respect to the children left at home makes it difficult for the authorities or NGOs to step in in case of problems. And the survey run by Save the Children highlights the additional risks facing the children left behind by their parents who work abroad. Ankastamine once again. Data reveal a major difference between children from families with migrants and children in families without migrant workers in terms of risk behaviors. Among the former, there is a 38% chance of exposure to explicit sex and pornography online, and a twice as high risk of becoming aggressive with other children and of drinking alcohol. Similarly, they are vulnerable to smoking and to substance abuse. All these takes place in the context of no parental control, easy access to devices, lack of communication with the parents or caretakers and, on the other hand, in the absence of good health education. These negative behaviours are also a form of expressing the negative emotions that children feel after their parents have left the country. We have been working with children in this situation, and many of them feel abandoned or even guilty for their parents' leaving. Even when parents mean well, it is a mistake to tell children they are leaving for the kids' sake, because they place an additional burden on the child. Communication is key in preserving family ties, and today's digital revolution makes it a lot easier. Most parents, for instance, keep in touch with their kids via video online platforms and only 19% of them only speak over the phone. Also, 45% of them talk to their kids every day and 15% of the parents speak several times a day with their kids. But unfortunately, there are also cases where communication is less frequent. 33% of the parents only talk to their children every two or three days, and 7% of them only once a week. Even worse, 20% of the teenagers who have a parent away for work only speak with them once a week or less. Andrea Panescu is 12 and her father left for work to Switzerland when she was two. This is how the sixth grader communicates with her father over the phone or via text messages when he has a holiday or there is a special occasion he comes home although we see each other quite rarely most often we talk on the phone or via messages it's not a very close relationship but I wouldn't say it's a cold one either I mean we stay in touch it's okay but I'm a lot closer to my mom Although Andrea seems at peace with the current situation and although she does well in school, the Save the Children survey shows that a parent's migration leads to a 62% chance that the kids' performance in the first few years of school will be rather poor. And that was Society Today.
4: Coming up next on Radio Romania International, Visit Romania.
3: Hello, welcome to Visit Romania. I'm Cristina Mateescu. Today we're traveling to northwestern Romania in Transylvania to a village called Sik, which is located some 40 kilometers from Cluj-Napoca, this region's university and economic center and an unmissable tourist destination. The village of Sik is special from an ethnographic point of view, being proof of the region's multiculturalism. Michel van Langeveld comes from the Netherlands and is passionate about traditional folk dances. He grew to like the area and its traditions, so much so that he moved here and set up Romania's only museum dedicated to dance.
8: It was uh, also for me a great surprise because uh, after 1990, I uh, went to Romania every year after the revolution and the Transylvanian Hungarians, they started to uh, organize dance camps. And also you could uh, learn uh, the Hungarian uh, music and the songs. Many times I went to a lot of dance camps in Transylvania, but also uh, over the I went to the Moldavian uh, way of dancing and that's also very nice and more and more because I attended these dance camps, I came at at places which were so beautiful that I always said to myself, put the gate around Romania and you have an open air museum. I like uh, traditions, I like the people very much and uh, in 2004 in sikh i always saw a a blue transylvanian house with a roof what was very uh, romantic then in 2004 i decided to buy that house and just two days after that I went to the Nodar, an old lady told me, congratulations, you bought the dance house.
3: Michel says it wasn't only the traditions, but also the beauty of the village of Sik and of the rural landscape that made him settle in Romania. In Sik, every house, nowadays still 60 till uh, 70%, they have a, a clean room. A traditional house has three rooms, the clean room,
8: kitchen, and uh, the sleeping room, the, the clean. Room is very much uh, decorated with handmade pottery. Uh, you see uh, cupboards, you see uh, plates, you see pictures on the wall with the families, and uh, there is a big traditional bed with a lot of pillows. Every house in
3: C is like a museum. It didn't take him long to turn the house he bought into a museum.
8: From uh, the event in. Uh, 2004, when I bought the dance house, and they
3: told me it was a dance house, I very
8: quickly invited uh, the Seiki dance group, and I invited them uh, to come again to dance at the property of the old uh, Chitka dance house, and I said to them, uh, when you come again in uh, traditional clothes, the beer and the palinka will be for free. Now uh, <laughs> half the village was uh, at my place, and uh, I started making video and uh,
3: pictures, and uh, these pictures, you can Seen in the attic of my dance house museum. The dance museum in Sik currently displays a collection of 460 pairs of boots used by traditional dancers as well as musical instruments. So the museum is a destination where tradition, nature and dance will make for an unforgettable tourist experience.
4: You are listening to Radio Romania International.
7: Hello and welcome to Truly Romanian with me, Elena Enake. Today's edition features Dumitru Farkash, the late instrumentalist from the county of Maramures, seen as Romania's greatest tarragon player of all time. He played on all major stages in the world and made the tarragon known all over the world. Let's start the music program with a dance song performed by Dumitru Farkash. We continue Truly Romanian with another song performed by Dumitru Fărcaș entitled The Shepherd. We continue this folk music program with a song entitled Romanian, performed by instrumentalist Dumitru Farkas. The next song that I invite you to listen to is a lyrical song entitled Doina, performed by Dumitru Farkash on the taragot. We end Truly Romanian today with a round and song from Mara performed by Dumitru Farkash, that wraps up today's edition of Truly Romanian.
4: Living Romania RRI Special. Welcome everyone to a special programme coming to you from RI Studios in Bucharest, I am Vlad Palku. 2023 is a special year for diplomatic relations between Romania and Israel, when the two countries celebrate 75 years of uninterrupted diplomatic ties. On this occasion, the Israeli ambassador to Romania, His Excellency Ruven Azar, paid a visit to the headquarters of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation, where he offered a diploma to President-Director-General Razvan Iwan Dinka in token of appreciation for Radio Romania's contribution to boosting Romanian-Israeli cultural relations through radio programmes in Hebrew and by developing numerous common cultural projects. On this occasion, Ambassador Azar has given an exclusive interview to Eugen Kozokariou. Let's have a listen.
9: Ambassador Azar, Romania and Israel are celebrating 75 years of continuous diplomatic relations. What is the significance of this continuous close and powerful relations? Israel, as you know, started uh, very small. 75 years ago, we were a country of only 600,000 people uh, with a lot of uh, challenges. Only after recovering from a very difficult war, we had to build a country. And we are happy that uh, Romania went with us to this journey for the last uh, 75 years. And the results are really amazing because today Israel is is uh, 10 million people. By 2048, we're going to be 17 million. And also from the economic point of view, we have great success. This is partly as a result of great uh, cooperation we have with Romania. And of course, as a result of the common heritage, the great quantity of Romanian Jews that emigrated to Israel helped build our country. How do you cooperate with the Romanian authorities on fighting anti Semitism and in fostering and developing Jewish life here in Romania? Fortunately, I can report that Romanian government is doing an excellent job in fighting anti Semitism, both from the security point of view, the life of Jews and the Israelis visiting here is very secure and the environment is very pleasant. Uh, they are completely free to exercise their belief and their faith clear from any threats. The government also has just finished implementing a comprehensive plan Interministerial plan to fight anti-Semitism. We cooperate also in the international arena by promoting the adoption of the Ira definition of anti-Semitism. And in addition, we of course are looking forward to the building of the new museum in Romania for Jewish heritage and from the remembrance of the Holocaust. And next year, there's going to be a start of the implementation of the new legislation regarding Holocaust education. And in this aspect, we are also cooperating. Yad Vashem is training every year 25 teachers that are coming. from Romania. Ambassador Azar, you are very active in the field of economic cooperation. What are the main areas of cooperation between our two countries? Today we have excellent cooperation when it comes to tourism. Large quantities of Israelis coming here were usually either number two or number one. in The numbers of tourists that are coming to Romania. And this year that we are continuing to recover from the COVID pandemic, I'm sure that the numbers are going to double and we're going to reach the levels we were before the pandemic. That is at least 300,000. We, of course, are having Romanian pilgrims and tourists coming to Israel, and we are looking forward to the increase in those numbers as well. In addition, we have a huge amount of Israeli activity here in Romania, investments not only in real estate, but also in solar energy. Israel is the main investor today, private investor in solar energy in Romania. We have a great cooperation in the traditional industries, in the food industry, pharmaceuticals, Of course, we have increasing cooperation in defense industries. This is a very important field due to the new challenges we are having in this region. And we have an opportunity to expand that base by transfer of technology and applications of solutions that are needed for the Romanian state. In addition to that, there is cooperation in the high-tech sector. There are Israeli companies working here developing software. You have excellent engineers here in Romania. We want to expand this cooperation. We are having cooperation in the field of digital health with different municipalities and counties working with Israeli hospitals to introduce all kinds of digital services. And there is a new project we are going to launch with the mayor of Busau, Mr. Constantin Thomas, in the field of purified sewage water. We want to introduce this technology into Romania because this is a problem that you have not only here, but also in the entire Balkan region and the southern Europe. There is a huge scarcity of water and there is no choice but to start using resources that are handy like sewage water that can be purified. So our water authority has been coming here and we are supporting this process as much as we can. And to close this interview, could you convey a short message to the Jewish communities, to Romania, and on the other hand, to the Israeli people who came from Romania on this anniversary occasion of our 75 years of relations? Yes, of course. We have a lot of reasons to celebrate. As I said, Israel has fulfilled the wildest dreams that we had when we established the state 75 years ago. Israel today is a successful, flourishing, democratic state with amazing achievements in the field of science, in the field of security, in the fields of culture. We are thankful to Romania and to the Romanian Jewish community for being part of this effort to the Romanian Jews that emigrated to Israel that have uh, helped us to build the country. We want to benefit from that in order to increase the Israeli presence here in Romania and to cooperate together with the Jewish communities in order to cherish the huge heritage of the Jewish community in Romania that has contributed a lot to Romanian life, Romanian culture, and also to Israel. Coming up next...
4: HAPPENING IN ROMANIA
6: Hello and welcome to HAPPENING IN ROMANIA. I am your host today, Karin Kotsoev. The summer vacation is not that far off, and for most Romanians this means at least a couple of days at the seaside. For most Romanians who grew up during communism, when tourism was quite affordable, sometimes paid with state vouchers given out in the workplace, the seaside is a ubiquitous childhood memory. With the emergence of the market economy in Romania, things have changed radically, though. Romanian tourism plunged into disarray after 1989, and only slowly recovered, but it is far from being as organized, as attractive, and ultimately as profitable as in some neighboring countries. The recent economic downturns only compounded the problem. The problem is mainly the less than competitive prices for sometimes substandard services, at least as compared to neighboring countries. As such, many Romanians looked to those neighboring countries, which beg comparison with local services and prices, and decided to take their business next door. The main destinations, predictably, are Bulgaria, Greece, and Turkey. Of these, for this edition of our feature, I picked Bulgaria as the topic of interest since it is the most readily available to Romanians in terms of ease of access. One only has to cross the Danube over the bridge between giurgiu and Russe, or simply cross the southern border further east after the Danube turns to the north, using regular ID since both countries are in the European Union, Simply talking to regular Romanians about their vacation south of the border, one readily finds out that they find the price-quality ratio much more attractive than what they experienced in local resorts. For that purpose, let's take a look back to the situation precisely ten years ago at a few palpable aspects of this situation back then, as the world was just coming out, at the, out of the worst economic downturn of the 21st century, the Great Recession of 2008. According to the then head of the Romanian Federation of Employers in Tourism and Services, Dan Matei Gaton, who was a former Minister of Tourism, Romanian tourism faced a real threat According to him, that year as compared to the previous, only 10,000 more Romanian tourists picked the Romanian seaside for their vacation, which is a very low figure if we looked at the 100,000 Bulgarians opting for their own. For the May 1st mini-vacation alone, their seaside expected 30,000 local tourists. At the time, the former minister said, quote, if to this figure we add the tens of thousands of Romanians who chose to spend this mini-vacation in Bulgaria, we reach the conclusion that Romanian tourism fights an uphill battle against Bulgarian tourism, and the explanation for this is the high level of taxation in Romanian tourism. End of quote. Romania had a VAT, or sales tax, of 24% with 16% profit and dividend tax. Let's look at what that means in terms of actual money. For every 100 euro cashed in, a Romanian tourism business paid to the states 46.37 euro. While in Bulgaria, the same business would have paid 35.20 euro. They paid 20% VAT and 10% profit and dividend tax, effectively getting 11,170 euro more in profit than their Romanian counterpart for every 1,000 euro. This translated into big differences in the quality of personnel, of food, of marketing, and may explain the existence of all-inclusive services, as well as that of large hotel chains setting up shop, attracting foreign customers in droves. In fact, there are so many tourists from Romania defecting to neighboring beaches to this day that the Romanian Ministry of the Interior formed a detachment of Romanian police to patrol in the popular Bulgarian resorts of Albena and Golden Sands. They form joint units with their Bulgarian colleagues, helping them deal with situations involving Romanian tourists who have trouble communicating in foreign languages. According to a news TV channel, this is good news for both tourists and the local police, who are delighted to have the communication bridge gapped by professionals. Most of the police selected to be part of these units speak fluent Bulgarian, making things so much easier for everyone involved. It is not just the summer that brings Romanians in droves to the Bulgarian seaside. Any string of free days with good weather are an opportunity. The best example is Easter, which is almost upon us this year. But that year, Easter was special, since by government decision, Romanians took off from work as a state holiday no less than four days, which, including the weekend, effectively turned this into a six-day vacation. This caused another influx of Romanians in Bulgarian resorts, and that was good news for Bulgarian tourism. If I gave you the impression that Bulgarian tourism was in some kind of golden age, this impression would be wrong. Bulgarian tourism itself is not faring that well either. That is because large numbers of Bulgarians chose to go to their neighbors to the south. Macedonia and Greece to spend some quality time. The world economic crisis has not spared anyone now or then, and that is painfully felt south of the Danube too. To start with, Bulgaria saw no less than 20 percent, one-fifth, of its hotels close down during the recession. The ones that were left were unfilled to even half capacity one very important reason is the loss of their traditionally most lucrative clients from the UK and from Germany, who had not been spared by the crisis either. However, one piece of good news for them is that Romanians don't give any signs of growing shy of their hotels, resorts, and all-inclusive services at competitive prices to this day. Let us hope it is not long before Romanian tourism is able to emulate the example of their neighbors and becomes able to hold on to local businesses and start keeping things in the family. This has been happening in Romania.
10: Thank you.
0: And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl.ri.ro.
3: Goodbye.